Does everybody know what time it is? It's time to make a withdrawal from the bank of mom. That's right. Cha-ching. It's grunt work. Did you eat your mop? What? what? Your mop? <laughs> my, my wires got crossed. <laughs> I was say, did you clean your room and did you eat your food? And, and I went with mop. <laughs> eat your mop? It almost sounded like, did you eat your mom? Which is, uh, I mean, I guess if you have two moms and you're a cannibal, I guess that, that sentence makes sense. Hope you <laughs> cut all of that out. Might be the funniest part. If you had one shot or one opportunity, I, I recognize this one to start every business you ever wanted in one moment. Would you start it or just let it slip? Yo, you're throwing me off. Sorry. He's bald and sweaty, knees weak, mailing supplies are heavy. There's wet wings. Red wings on his jersey already. Mom's celery. He's nervous, but on the surface, he looks bald and ready to listen to Grunt Work, the only <laughs> podcast about the TV show Home Improvement that remembers, remembers the 5th of November's. I am your host, Landon, a horse of a horse, of course, of course, Solano, joined always by my co-host, Truman. That boy, I say, that boy ain't right. Caps. <laughs> Truman. It's Landon, good to see you. It's it's good to to see you too, Landon. Uh, Foghorn, Foghorn, Leghorn, and Hank Hill in the same space. That would be a lot of um, a lot of stammering and a lot of consternation. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm sorry. Also, also, where's the where did the celery come from? Was celery in this episode? Uh, no, celery is slang for money. So, mom, celery it- means. Mom's, mom, it's like cabbage or lettuce. Okay, interesting. I just, like, cabbage and lettuce, it's like, okay, well, those are leafy, similar to, like, the texture of a paper dollar bill, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, right. Celery doesn't, like, unless you're, unless you're, like, folding and creasing your money in a very strange way, like, for some kind of strip club ritual, I I guess it, I'm not, I'm not (laughs) trying to, I'm not trying to Monday morning quarterback you at all. I think, I think it was a very good intro. It's a, it's from a Jeezy song. Uh, He, he talks about having a pocket full of celery. Oh my God. So you're doing, so you're doing, you hid one rap reference inside another rap reference. You're doing a rapception. I did. Yes, exactly. You, you've you've wrapped wrap up in another wrap. Uh, I I let us wrap that. Yeah, you're right. Oh fuck! Perfect. I'm I'm snapping into the mic because that was really good. Landon, here we are again talking are about again. anything else to distract us from the fact that we're talking about home improvement. Home improvement. Uh, I do have something to distract us. Um, yeah. Truman, Landon, what are we doing? What are we doing? Well, I we, mean, we've I've, got senioritis, I think. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I think if we're talking about the thing that was brought to our attention uh, yes. on Discord. Yes, we have senioritis. <laughs> I think that the show a little bit has senioritis, too. So it seems yes. to be it, the, yes. the teachers and the faculty are also giving fewer shits. But we definitely did drop the ball. Do you want to? Do you want to? Yeah. Do you want to do the apologizing, even though it's both yes. of our fault? I I deeply deeply apologize and um I am I'm sorry and it won't happen again. 
Okay, yeah, we don't need to address what <laughs> what uh, what grunt count we did or did not uh, do. This is, oh, second time this season, it's we've embarrassing. The grunt count. It's embarrassing also because we we say the word grunt work, the words grunt work, <laughs> a few times in the in the process of ending yeah. the episode. So you'd think that would jog our memory as to what it is we're kind of doing here, and yeah. yet, yeah. oh no, once again. I, Here's the thing. I'm not giving an excuse, just an explanation, is that when I go through my notes and we move from section to section in this show, um, when I get to the bottom of my notes where the grunt count exists, I haven't changed the number from zero in so long that it's become white noise in my notes. So when I'm scrolling past, it doesn't even catch my eye anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's like this space left intentionally blank in a manual of some sort. <laughs> the scene is missing a reel. And in, um, in, in, in my defense, and our defense, I suppose, the fact that we do the grunt count at the very end of the episode, when our brains are at their least functional, yeah. when, we are, when we are run even down. Even when you're editing, I have to imagine, you're like, oh my god, I lived through that shit, now I gotta listen to it. I, I mean, yeah, look, I... I th- F- folks, folks who listen to this, folks who uh, actually spend money every month to support this, uh, we really want to drive home how little thought and care goes into the creation of this product. I guess. <laughs> well, really speaking that. of which, yes. Uh, well, okay, no, I, I was going to go into Pee Wee's Playhouse, uh, but yeah. not yet. Uh, th- let's not yet. Square up this uh, grunt count, um, and I think we, I think we do at this point. We did it twice. We got to do something at the end of the season to make up for this. So I don't know what yeah. that is yet, but we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll get the gears turned and yeah, um, turn those gears, grind them. The em. thing is, you said you keep notes of uh, what the grunt count is in each episode that you can go back to. Yes. So we are recording. Uh, Two episodes ahead. Like, it's a little confusing, our recording schedule to our publishing schedule. So we just found out about this this week. This episode will be coming out two weeks from now. So, you know, this scandal may have passed by the time you even get this episode. And we're, you know, peeling the scab off ourselves here. But gross. Um, Very gross. Two episodes ago, what was the grunt count? Okay, two episodes ago. Let me just double check to make sure I've got the right episode. This is. Or I'll, uh... I'll do my guess because let's just go through the whole segment. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Just remind so, okay. me what the episode was. Okay, well, two, two episodes ago, so last week was episode 20. Week yeah. Before that, the right episode stuff. That was 19. the Willow episode. No, the the right stuff was the newspaper episode. Episode 19 was the uh, Willow episode that was also St. Patrick's yeah. Day. Kind of insane. That's the one that we missed on. It's insane, okay, because that one, okay, yeah, yeah, all right, do the grunt guess for that episode. Well, and as Mason pointed out, uh, one of our patrons, uh, we even made comments <laughs> in yeah. that episode that there's something that could throw off the grunt count, and we it's never really revisited bad. it. It's really bad. So there's really no excuse Really, here. really not good at all. It's a bad look <laughs> for a show that is literally only about counting the grunts from Home Improvement. Oh, man. <laughs> It's like if you oh, went if it's like if you went to a football game and like there was the entire pregame show and there was the the stadium was full and there was all yeah. the concessions and there was the fireworks and everything else but they just didn't play the football game. That that is <laughs> Actually it sounds like my my kind of football game. I um, I look as a as got. a marching band kid, I would love that. Let's just watch the band and go home. I yes. I also keep record of my guesses for the grunt count. I do have zero there, but oh, buddy. um, I I think it was because the grunt in that, and though I I am failing to remember what it was, was enough that I thought you might have counted it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My okay. So so 
So your your guess though is zero. My guess for that one was zero. Yes. Well, okay. My number, my count for that is five. It was a total of five grunts, and I'm scrolling okay, through my notes off. for the episode to try and figure out if I noted where in here the grunt. It sounds like a classic happened. grunt cluster, and it probably would be about him going into the the gassy house, right? Yes. It actually it was yes. That was where it came. It's him. It's when they say, "Oh, his house is full of nerve gas. You can't go in there." And Tim, he he does five grunts in a row about about that. Um, okay. No one is. No one is more embarrassed about this, save for maybe Landon, than I am. I mean, actually, no, no, no one is more embarrassed about this than I am because the grunt count is my job. Even though I am prompted into it by Landon asking me, the fact that we both forgot it further highlights how little I guess I am paying attention unless Landon prompts me into things. So <laughs> that gives me a lot of power. I it it does. One it does. would say more power. Oh, uh-huh. Jesus. And and now our favorite segment on grunt work, Truman reading his social security number out loud for everyone. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I, it's and the worst thing, though, I think it's one thing if we forget to do the grunt count in a zero grunt episode like most of them this season. The fact yeah. that this was a fairly grunt dense episode. Ugh. so yeah. So, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. We okay. Fucked. We fucked. These guys, these guys fuck. That's uh, that's us. That's what everyone on on. That's what at, that saying means, right? When someone ev- fucks up. Yeah, we. Yeah, that's that. That means that I they fuck it, a lot. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, and look, everyone on everyone on uh, uh, Apple Podcasts when they review our podcast, that's the number one thing they say. These guys fuck <laughs> up, but they mainly that we fuck. Uh, oh gosh, Truman. okay. Let's play our uh, patron game to you know at least yeah, make th- amends a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I, I, making amends. We've given these people like like a third of a year's worth of free okay, listen, Patreon they, at this point. I, I'm I just I'm hoping that a, this one I, is an I'm, actual stumper. I'm going out there and saying uh, they don't stack. So if you get two guesses in the same month, that just applies to that oh, month. So oh, we're not going to stack. These. Oh, okay, okay. We're making we're making rules B, on the fly. Interesting. Well, because B, we uh, there was a lot of sounding off on the Discord that uh, mm-hmm. people think I guide you a little too closely to uh, to the sun. So yeah, 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 yeah. Icarus and whatever Icarus's dad's name is here. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> definitely the case. My wings are melting. So not only have I picked a harder word, I am going to leave you flapping in the wind a little bit more on your own. Okay, thank you. Thank you. A thing that you also do a lot on the podcast anyway, (laughs) just not in that section. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. So we are going to play Secret Password to Pee Wee's Playhouse, where I have chosen a secret word, and if Truman says it at any point during this episode, our patrons over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod get a free month of Patreon. So... Truman, I am going to put you on hold and tell everyone what this week's secret word is. All right. Have fun, everybody. Okay. Goodbye, Truman. All right. Listen, folks. (laughs) I'm not going to guide him here, but if he gets here on his own, I think he earns it. The secret word this week is hornswoggle. Hornswoggle. As if you're, you're cheating or bamboozling someone. Okay, here we go. Hi, Truman. Hi, Landon. I'm thinking it's really good that the rewards for me guessing it don't stack, because at the rate we were going, we were going to, like, have granted more months of free Patreon than there are remaining months of the podcast. Like, we'd have to be, like, (laughs) sending checks to people, basically, to be true to our word after (laughs) we've stopped making grunt work. Yes, which, I mean... 
And I think it's not out of the question that there might be some kind of class action lawsuit after the podcast is done, and we do have to pay out people who listen to it. Uh, but, uh, you know, talk to the law firm of Jacoby and Myers. <laughs> We've got the Surgeon General's warning, so they knew what they were getting into. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Informed consent. Uh, so, okay, secret password to... Pl- Pleewee's Pleewee's Playhouse is out of the way. So, uh, is this the point when you ask me what happened this week on Home Improvement? Is that what happens every week on this episode on this show? We watched an episode of the TV show Home Improvement. This week we watched season seven, episode twenty-one. Do you have what happened this week? I do have what happened this week, Landon. I was able to remember what happened after having watched the episode. Okay. Tell us, please. When Tim's older, balder brother, Jeff, moves back in with their mother after his drive through pet shop business goes belly up, Tim is eager to get back the $1,200 he invested in the failed business venture. But when he finds out that Jeff has taken out an even bigger loan from their mother to start an office supply shop, he grows concerned that Jeff is taking their mom for a ride. Meanwhile, hmm. Jill needs glasses. That's what happened. <laughs> I like it. Classic format. Classic synopsis format. You know what? Yeah. Could I have done a haiku? I Sure, I could have, but I chose not to because I am I I fail at enough tasks on this podcast, and Landon smokes me yeah. on the haikus every time. Did you, you on spec fuck. write... Did, I, <laughs> did you on spec write a haiku that totally fucks? <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I figured I'd savor those for, for my weeks of doing mm-hmm. the synopsis. That, no, that's um, good. That's good. Save it up, man. Save it up. But I'll tell you what. You're going to play a little game that we like to call Guess That Title. Thank you, Landon. Okay, I have three options for titles this week. None of them are it. Uh, Well, okay. Uh, Hurtful to me, Landon. I put all the work into this, and you prejudge before even hearing any of them. And I have a great great track record. And yours will be better. Oh, okay. All right. Well, uh, okay. At least that compliments me, even if it acknowledges my failure. Okay, first one. Mm Mm-hmm. Mom money, mom problems. <laughs> okay, okay. I like it. I like it. It's very on point for when it came out. Yeah, all right. Next option. A loan at last. Ooh. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. I occasionally am good at this. Yes. All right. And he, if they leaned a little bit more into Jeff's being single... That yeah. would be like a platinum plus title. I, I completely agree. I really, and I think that the fault really lies with the writers of the episode here and Agreed. not with me. Like if, if they lived <laughs> up to my title. Well, let's not get too, too far ahead to my personal reflections here, but uh, no, what's your last title? My last title, for those of you who are fans of 70s rock, perhaps the song that so memorably closed out the series Breaking Bad, Baby Blue, Baldfinger. Or I guess also the the James Bond movie Goldfinger, but there's the band Badfinger and Baldfinger. <laughs> this is one of the titles that breaks me. <laughs> I don't. Okay, now listen. I the, is it breaking you because it's actually kind of good, not as good as Alone at Last. It's, I mean, that's not good. He's there's a foam finger that plays a major oh, role in the you're episode. Right. And Bald. Yeah. Thank okay. you. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, okay, so this okay. I think this yeah. is already giving away how much of an impression this episode made on everybody, because truthfully, 
I had forgotten there was a foam finger in the episode until I reviewed my notes to write these titles. So uh, there we are. <laughs> there uh, we are. I'm just going to tell you this uh, title of this one because it's nothing you'll ever get. Sure. Um, it's called The Sun Also Mooches, which apparently <laughs> is a play on The, the Sun, Sun Also, also rises, rises by Hemingway. So, I mean, I, I, I look, I respect it. I was not going to get it. Do you respect I, it just because it's literary? Yes, I do. I respect it because it's not like, I respect it because it's not like Tim's brother or, uh, or, or Jeff takes out a loan from Jim's mother and Tim, yeah, like something like that. You're grading on a curve now. <laughs> yes, I am. That's that the show, the show has... The show has beaten me into a curve. Like that's 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 where I've gotten to. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it's literary. I give it a B minus. I mean, oh, I'd okay. say that right. a-, a loan at last and Baldfinger are B plus to A minus territory. <laughs> totally unbiased uh, judgment here. Um, you know what, Landon? What I'm really wondering though, what yeah, it's yeah. got me scratching my head. What when did this episode come oh, out? Wow. Like what date specifically? Who wrote it and directed <laughs> Seth- it? Seven years and you've never prompted me for that. No, I never have. I'm 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 slightly <laughs> slightly sharper today. Uh, this episode originally aired April twenty first, nineteen ninety eight. Apparently, they they took s- spring break off and uh, they came back, Woo. so they're a little further ahead of us on the calendar now. Yeah, too um, bad. It's directed by Pete Filsinger. Uh, he's come back uh, from a long uh, break. What was the fancy word I was looking for there? Though? A hiatus. Sabbatical, Hiatus, maybe sabbatical was the word. Mm-hmm. So that's that's <laughs> not, not that's not the Pee Wee's Playhouse word. I guess no, I that's just Landon's brain. Um, <laughs> Se- secret, by... secret Landon's brain to Landon's memories. Yes, uh, written by Eric Horstead, who we have seen before as well, but not in mm. a while. Truman, hmm. how did you feel about this episode? Uh, did we watch an episode of Home Improvement <laughs> this week? Did we? Uh... There's one in there somewhere. I think is there. I mean, <laughs> the I mean, I because I I've said before that I forgot this episode as soon as I finished watching it. Yeah. I was forgetting this episode as I was watching it, and <laughs> I have a, I have a spicy take on why that might be. But go ahead. Okay, well, okay, I'll be I'll be quick. A my my overarching question is: this us getting less invested in the show, or is this the show getting less invested in the show, and we're picking up on it? Hmm. Um, I wondered that myself. Uh, but I'm going to earmark that for now. And also I just, um, you know, Tim, Tim is mean in this episode, mean Tim in this episode. And yeah, sorry. I never like mean Tim, but I think in this, the, the way that the plot for this episode is set up, like the whole plot of this episode is Tim is not happy that his brother is taking out a loan from his mom. That would be enough to power an episode of the show if Tim was, like, not feeling okay bringing that up. He had anxiety talking to his brother about this. He doesn't want to broach this topic. Because Tim is a huge dick who just talks shit to everyone. (laughs) That doesn't fuel the whole episode because Tim immediately tells his brother, hey, you're taking advantage of our mom, you fucking loser. So it doesn't work for an episode. You you can't hook into... Yeah, he's not, you know, like, um, I don't, you can't, you can't empathize with his sympathy or, you know, can't empathize or, with his anxiety about it because there is none there. He's just yes. like, this is a wrong thing. I'm going to tell you I think it's wrong. And 
yeah, you know, he comes around, obviously, but at the same time, I, I hear what you, it's very obstinate, very, yes. uh, I don't know, just thick-headed. Yes, yes. So, so uh, t- talk to me about yours. I hear you have something spicy, and I, I, I would love, I would love to sample <laughs> these these spicy treats that you've brought. Yeah, well, I want to touch a little bit on what you're saying, and and I, I, I get 100 what you're saying about that. I, I do his quote unquote meanness. I can take, and I think I've even said this before. I can take it a little bit more when it's with his brothers. Yeah, because um, they they throw it back at him, and they honestly, it, it feels like. The realist dynamic that Tim has on the show is when his uh, acting brothers are on screen with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like I can get a little bit of a glimpse into what Tim was like as a kid. Uh, <laughs> and, and I don't really get a, like, past history when I think of his dynamic with other people on the show. Do you get a glimpse into what Tim was like as a kid in this episode? Because there's actual pictures of young Tim Allen up in the house <laughs> and you're physically seeing them right behind him. Maybe, maybe that, that helps a little bit, but here's my spicy take is I think there was something else to this episode. I think it, it clearly runs longer than they anticipated. And I think that this episode suffers mainly from editing. Mm that they cut out so much to keep up the pace or I, I don't, I don't know what it was. You know, obviously I don't know their process, so it's hard for me to pinpoint exactly what, but I have a few pieces of evidence for this. One of it being the cast that they have. Mm-hmm. You, ha- you see just out of nowhere with no preface whatsoever, his mom having a poker night well, with a would, bunch of other people. Yeah. Which would be fine, but they cast, uh, three performers to, you know, be her friends. And these aren't any just fly-by-night extras. We're talking Kathleen Freeman, who has uh, what, 300 credits. Jesus. Montrose Haggins, who has 64 credits, but in some very memorable roles like Coming to America. Oh. And Kate Williamson, who has 39 credits, but has very, very memorable, memorable parts in things like Disclosure as the, the judge. So I get the sense that there was like something else there with those people that got cut. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's okay. That That's a very good point. And I am going to drink some soy milk, I guess, to cool down my mouth after the hotness of that take, because that is very thought provoking, <laughs> hot provoking. I am, but like, I'm just curious, like, wh- how were they having this problem seven years into making the show. Like, at yeah, this point, it's a well-oiled machine. How are you writing scripts that are longer right. than your runtime? How do you not have the... the... <laughs> I think you're asking the wrong person. The person what? who does a show four times the length of an episode. <laughs> okay, now listen. And and that's there's plenty of questions to ask about us and the amount of time we put into it. But it's not like, <laughs> it's not like oh, the podcast can only be an hour long. Oh, shit, we accidentally recorded an hour and 45-minute-long episode. Like, whatever. It's fair, they, yeah. They know the strictures of the broadcast format. How are they, how are they going out? How are they, like, writing more content, shooting more content right. than they have room to put on the air? Especially... Wait, do you think the tool time segment is what did it? Because it is kind of a long tool time segment. Maybe it's a long tool time segment. I mean, that kind of makes sense because then it's like if they cut, it's probably like a balancing act because the tool time segment's too long, but they spent so much money on this horse and, and the set, but then they 
have to cut a scene later in the episode, but then that makes it too short, so they put they pad it out with this glasses thing with Jill, which feels kind of tacked on to yes. like make it it's the it's the most pliable part of the episode that they can go okay we need a 30 second skit with the glasses jill what can we do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean i and and so i guess they and they're contractually obligated probably to put at least richard karn and probably debbie dunning in every episode exactly. yeah 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 so there has to be a tool time segment and the one that they have to go with is this kind of overlong thing yeah Mm. You know, that's interesting. That's very interesting. I probably have told this story before, but when the Rockford Files was on, they would make a point of writing a car chase into every episode, because if the episode was running too short, (laughs) they could just edit more car chase into it, and if it was too long, they could edit it into a very short car chase. This episode needed a car chase, I guess. (laughs) I think so, yeah. Um... That said, though, I, I, I do have to kind of take the writing to task because this one just had some really trite jokes in it. Yeah. It just it didn't feel like it was trying very hard. And I don't want to take the writers to task because I know how hard it is to write. But like, yes, there are jokes in here that like I wouldn't even want to make on the podcast. <laughs> And and folks, you listen to the podcast. You, exactly. you recognize how low of a bar it is that they're failing to clear here. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. like even when even when there are forgettable episodes, normally they are funnier than mm-hmm. this one. And uh, yeah. you know, uh, and again, this is not an indictment of the talent of anybody writing for the show because again, it's tough to write anything, let alone a TV series. Just yeah, I think this episode just was. Yeah, the magic wasn't there. No, not not even a little bit. Not even which sucks because we got Marty. Yeah, we did. We do get Marty in this episode, and um, and I don't know, really know what else we've got. I I can I can bar- I barely even remember that Mar that Marty was okay. in this episode. So uh, it's, well, then it's, should we get to it? Let's get to it. Uh, let's let's right. you know. Look, this is going to be a voyage of discovery for me. Uh, reading my notes <laughs> on this episode. All right, then let's start a new business called the deep dive (laughs) wow okay i'm sorry the last couple episodes about 40 percent of the episode was landed going through an extensive description of the thing we're going to do to get the deep dive i like when 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 the writers for for home improvement don't put in that much effort i love that kind of gives us carte blanche to also put in less effort and now me making jokes about landon's intro to the deep dive has taken us to about the amount of time that it takes us to get into the deep dive normally. <laughs> so we start off with tool time on location. My first oh boy, note, do we ever all caps cowgirl Heidi. Uh, they are in a barn uh, well, yep. or of a blacksmith shop, I guess. It looks like a barn because yes. there's a horse there. Uh, Tim and Al and Heidi and a horse are there visiting with Delvin the blacksmith, a very yeah. tightly wound man who does not like Tim very much. They're talking about ironworking and blacksmithing. And uh, in the process of this discussion, Tim gets on Delvin's nerves so much that uh, Delvin comes after him with uh, a pair of tongs and uh, starts trying to chase him uh, out of the the uh, blacksmith shop and hurt him in some way. And then the horse talks to us. <laughs> I mean, that pretty much covers everything except any question I have about this. <laughs> yeah, so I mean... 
I mean, I mean, <laughs> where do you even start? Okay, let me. I'll just throw some stuff out, and we we will just react to it. Yes. Um, I like that they're doing a new segment on the show called Tool Times Timeless Tools. <laughs> that is good. That's why they're in the blacksmith. Uh, blacksmithery? What do you call those places? I, I, we, you call it a blacksmith shop. You you made it more complicated okay. than it needed to be. Um, <laughs> you know, yes, Tool Times Timeless Tools. Which is good wordplay, and it also sets us up for Tim the Yeehaw Man Taylor and oh, my wait. assistant, Mr. Al. I didn't explain this very well. Tim walks out with a horse wearing <laughs> flannel. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget the elephant in the room here. Yes, yes. The, uh, yeah, the, the, uh, the horse in the room, uh, which is a literal horse. It's not a metaphor. The elephant in the room is a horse. Uh, yeah, Tim comes out with a horse that is wearing like flannel and the, the whole question of if dogs wear pants how would it look is sort of answered yes in a in a curious fashion by this bit because i think that at first like my my note is initially like tim with a horse in pajamas question mark and then two lines later in all caps tim has put flannel on the horse and realizing <laughs> what they're supposed to do i like that you take your notes like a like a sports commentator <laughs> I holy cow! The most <laughs> incredible ending to a tool time segment. Um, yeah. So he, I mean, it's kind of an elaborate prank. They have the the horse. They're trying to like convince the audience that Al is the horse. Yeah. Well, for half a second, and then you just hear from the background, "Where's my shirt?" And uh, Al comes traipsing out. Um, you know, in his uh, trademark. <laughs> deep cut white tea um ooh partially undressed ladies <laughs> and gentlemen um and tim you know kind of morphs the joke the prank into like oh we gave the uh gave the horse your shirt and l i don't i don't really under this goes again back to my thing that i think l writes these skits because he reacts to the shirt that the horse is wearing as like oh gosh how why would you do that he's not recognizing that it's not his shirt on the horse until heidi reveals that she's hid his shirt over in the corner for for one of al's flannel shirts to fit a full-sized horse would require al to have like six foot long arms and a, a like torso that is like (laughs) <laughs> four feet wide i i don't even I, I i can't even i don't even really know much about the dimensions of a horse to be honest it might be more than that uh yeah it, and then heidi gives him a, a flannel shirt for him to put yeah. on thereby implying that this was not al's shirt all along and al just confused the shirt on the horse for <laughs> so al's own bizarre. shirt just so weird i don't i don't that's why it, like the only way for it to make sense is that Al is in on the bit and writing these things. Like and, and he, yeah, I don't know that, that it's like superior acting on Al's part, and he's playing the part of someone who's outraged about his uh, exactly his shirt having been yes. stolen by a horse. You I, know, just like when you have Tim quote quote the Tool Man Taylor, that is his persona on screen, but at home he's just Tim Taylor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So and, and, Al fill in the blank Borland is his on screen persona, and this is a character Al Borland is playing. 
And he's just Al Borland when he goes home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Multiple multiple layers of reality, multiple layers of kind of fiction piled one atop the other. Uh, like so much roast beef on an Arby's sandwich. Uh, okay, so now that we've now that we've uh, explained the horse thing, Tim, when he comes out with the horse, says, "My assistant, Mister Al," which is not funny. What is it? It's not even a joke, really. Do you, do it's you th- like Al doesn't rhyme with Ed. Mr. Ed has nothing to do with anything resembling Al Borland. He's not a know-it-all. Like it's the personality. I, I, I just not a know-it Al. It's barely wordplay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like. Do you think that they just they have? They both have two letters in their names. That's the only connection <laughs> that, yeah, I can think uh, of. Well, but boom, boom. There you go. Good enough for Wordle, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I think it's that, five letters. I, well, yeah, but I mean, you know, a game based on the number of letters in a thing. Oh, um, got it. Okay. Yeah, a, a great, a great joke that I that I had to explain. That's how that's how perfectly <laughs> it was constructed. I think that I think that they that this whole tool time bit was reverse engineered by we have access to a horse. Maybe the the horse <laughs> was on the ABC backlot for some other show. Uh-huh. You know, and and they were like, "Oh, the the horse is here. Wouldn't it be funny if we did something with it?" Hey, hey, writers, what can you come up with? And and they, and probably they asked them at like four forty five on the Friday, and the writers came up with this. Um, okay, that being said, that's that's cruel because I actually do like Delvin the blacksmith. I find him. We got to talk amusing. about Delvin. We oh my to. god, we, we do talk about Delvin, folks. <laughs> He is he skyrocketed to a front runner and my favorite character actor this season. Delvin is like an avatar of us, I think. <laughs> the fact that from minute one, Delvin the blacksmith hates tool time, hates Tim, hates Al, hates yeah. everything about having to participate in this. My note was just Delvin is taking no shit from Tim, and I love it. Although he is he is standing by shit because you know when they when they introduce Delvin the blacksmith he he storms in and says some you know yeah give a big tool time welcome to Delvin the blacksmith he comes in and says some welcome he kept me waiting outside my own shop by the manure pile <laughs> like he's he's simply angry at having not been all, he's angry at the very strictures of television that you have to not be in the place where it's being shot until you're introduced i respect that energy i do too um i love just how like no nonsense he is and tim is just all nonsense yes and i wish i'd written the the line down i'm watching it in mute in the background here but he walks Tim over to like look at the horseshoe, like take the the actual shoe off the horse, mm-hmm. and Tim asks him, you know, a stupid Tim Taylor question, and the guy just responds with like, "I'm not answering in a jokey way. This is a fucking horse." <laughs> and oh, okay. He like yells it in his face, and I have, uh, I, you have the line. I have the line. They they oh, are great. over. The, so so Tim has yeah. Tim has been doing stupid bits, stupid jokes yeah. th- throughout this already. Delvin is at his breaking point. Delvin is going to show them how to replace a horseshoe. So they go over, and Delvin is holding the uh, holding the horseshoe up. 
to replace it with a new one. And Tim goes, let's put her in something like an espadrille or a slingback. And and this is one of the many times Tim uses kind of a lisping voice that I don't love. And Melvin, <laughs> in response to this, turns to, to Tim and just yells, this is a horse! <laughs> just so, so angry at him. Like, there's, there's no, no middle ground of acknowledging his joke and just letting it pass like he is a no-nonsense guy and i fucking love it i am here for it i i would be remiss if i don't point out tim's response is to yell back in melvin's face of course of course which is for those for those of you youngsters at home there is a show called mr ed about a talking horse and the theme song goes a horse is a horse of course of course and then it goes on from there so the whole thing is turning on this reference to a show that at the time was 40 years old. Yes. <laughs> but, I don't know, it was more evident at the time, as I, I've talked about on the show before. Reruns on Nick at Night yes, were showing true. Mr. Ed all of the time through the 80s and it, 90s. Like, that's how I know it. And it was 50 years before me. Well, it is 30 years. It, it is shocking how much cultural reach the TV series Mr. Ed has. Like, a show that is literally just, <laughs> what if a horse talked, uh, and and that was it. Not even, not even what if that horse used to be an actor and was an alcoholic <laughs> and had severe depression and, and compromised relationships with the people around him. No, 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 no. Just what if there was a talking horse that that has permeated pop culture to the point that I have never once seen a Mr. Ed episode, but I know so much about Mr. Ed because everything in culture was <laughs> referencing Mr. Ed. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's like the Robert Zemeckis thing where, you know, even though we're in the 80s, people that had their childhood in the 50s and 60s are infusing that into culture of the time and so the 80s have a weird nostalgia for the 50s like yeah i didn't grow up in the 50s but i grew up on greece i grew up on back to the future so i by yeah. proxy yeah. kind yeah. of know it yeah you by and because you grew up on greece and back to the future every time you get into a car you're like now is this car gonna start flying unexpectedly because that's a plot <laughs> point in both greece and back to the future that's and right. at the end at the end of both movies too um <laughs> So uh, I want to talk just real quick uh, before we get off of um, <laughs> get off of him. I want to talk about the character actor who plays him. Yes. Uh, Graham Jarvis has 140 credits ah. in some of the, the, I don't know, greatest films ever, maybe. Wow. He, not, not always in a super big role, but um, he's in the completely underrated, underseen uh, film A New Leaf, uh, which was one of Elaine May's um, directorial efforts uh, okay. before she got derailed by Ishtar. But uh, it's her and, and Walt, hey. Walter Matthau. Well, I mean, but what are you going to do? She directed a single bad movie, and that derails any That's director's <laughs> career. When you know, when yep. a male director makes a bad movie, he goes away forever and can't get financing anymore. It's just how it happens. happens. Total equality. He directed bad movie. She, uh, he was also in Misery as Libby. Mm. Uh, What's up, Doc? Mr. Mom. He goes back all the way to 1952. I'm 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 sorry to interrupt you. Who was he in What's Up, Doc? I love that movie. That movie is fantastic. He it's plays really the bailiff good. in that. Ah, the, the okay at the very end. Nice, nice in the yep. court scene. Everybody, go out and watch What's Up, Doc. Screwball comedy <laughs> with Barbara Streisand. Gotta love it. <laughs> Uh, so he, yeah, he goes back to the fifties and he just has TV and movies like you wouldn't believe. Um, 
I'm looking at, okay, so around the What's Up Doc era, he was on the MASH TV series, uh, <gasps> Gunsmoke. Everyone did a Gunsmoke in his uh, generation. The Bob Newhart Show, I'm sure he crossed paths with uh, Peter Bonner's uh, Alice. Let's go into, like, the 80s. He was doing, um, oh, Cagney and Lacey, Silkwood, uh, Mr. Mom, I already said, going into the 90s, uh, Get a Life. I don't know if you remember that. He was on Oh, the Chris of, Elliott show, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was on an episode of Tales from the Crypt, Star Trek Next Generation, um, Drew Carey show. I mean, like, he just has so much, and he, he passed away, unfortunately, in oh. 2003, yet his final credits are in 2016. That's weird. Wow, interesting. Um you sent me a picture of him, it seems like. <laughs> I did. Uh, you can cut this part out if you want to, but uh, I know that the Flophouse is a very um, <laughs> uh, a show that we both love, a podcast that we both love. And, yes. Um, a younger Graham Jarvis looks like an Elliot Kalin to me. Oh. Oh, shit. <laughs> Especially if you see it in Thumbnail. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, the thumbnail helps. He's kind of, he's balder, less less hair overall than Elliot Kalen, a famously yeah. hairy little man. But, um, wow, very good, very good. Oh, you know, <laughs> I'll leave this bit in. Um, okay, well, well, look, a, a, a fabulous career. I have questions about uh, certain aspects of his TV work. <laughs> yes. Was he, was he on NYPD Blue? I don't know. I already closed his uh, IMDb page. Oh, okay. Well, then it's going to make the next uh, this next question all the more interesting. Uh, I already have this answer, though. I'm going to say he was on ER. You're going to say he was on ER. You are correct. He did Boom. one single episode of ER. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love it. Mwah. 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 Um, Chef's kisses all over the place. Better than Spartacus. All right. I got. I, we're we're spending a lot of time on this scene, I, and it's not the, even the episode. The, but the, this, this scene, is the only scene I had notes on. <laughs> this scene spends a lot of time on this yeah. scene. Nothing else in the show has as much care or craft put into it as as this scene. <laughs> I was also going to. Um, oh, uh, what was I going to do? I was going to talk about Oak Island, uh, the the Curse of Oak Island, the show yeah. on History Channel yeah. I watch. Um, but I don't want to go too deep into it. It's just that they have a blacksmith that they talk to every once in a while, and they go to, like, his barn where he's yeah. working and ask him to, you know, uh, give information on a on an artifact they find. And mm-hmm. so um, I literally watched that show right before I put on this episode of Home Improvement, and um, that was a connection in my life. And, and and does the blacksmith there hate everyone who comes and talks to him and is so frustrated at the very notion he's, of being on this on this show? Carmen Leg, he's a uh, um, from deep Nova Scotia, Canada. So Oof. he's it's like the uh, the Bayou of the North. Uh, <laughs> I can barely they like subtitle him all the time, even though he's still talking English. <laughs> uh, I was I was going to try and do an impression of what a Bayou style Canadian would be like and then I realized no, that's beyond my yeah, it's beyond my expertise. I want to call out one other thing before we before we depart the the blacksmith shop. Uh, Is it Al with an untucked shirt? <laughs> it's it's not Al with an untucked shirt. That's that's for, you know, that's for the the Al Borland only fans. Um Okay. When Tim is showing off the anvil uh, in the blacksmith shop, he hammers on it a yep. couple times and goes, boy, that's an obnoxious noise, huh? And Melvin is standing there, or Delvin is standing there beside him and goes, I thought this was a tool show. And Al just laughs and goes, yeah, 
which <laughs> probably the funniest moment in the episode for me is just this like the fact that Delvin exists so much outside the reality of home improvement where everyone yes. seems to basically like what Tim is doing and um I, I I don't know I think it's funny that he also does not understand why tool time is <laughs> just generally why it is why is um, tool time why this is a question no one's been ever able to answer uh should we talk about though at the end? Um, oh, God, yes. <laughs> a a perhaps prequel to the 2013 uh, sequel, <laughs> a talking pony. <laughs> uh, thank you for thank you for for getting us there. Yeah, <laughs> at the end of the episode when Delvin chases Tim out with the with the tongs. The Heidi is standing there with the horse, and the horse just turns to the camera, flapping its lips in the way that Mr. Ed did, and goes, We'll be right back after these words from Benford. I tell you what, Boomhauer, that boy ain't right. Uh, you actually do a really good horse impression. I, I have a couple of things that I'm good at. None of them are in any way marketable. Um, yeah. I. Oh, my uh, goodness. Uh, I, I'm sorry. Oh, I, my goodness. Oh. I want to just pause to go, there's a new film in the uh, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point trilogy oh, of Jesus. David DeCocto. Oh, my so God. There's a talking cat, yeah. a talking ho- pony, and now uh, my stepbrother is a vampire? What? Okay, I'm sorry. Wait. I, uh, no. I, I was... I was expecting that the third film in the trilogy would kind of conclude the theme of an animal talking and that being surprising. The fact that it's going in this horror film direction is completely, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think that's the first mistake that the talking blank series has made. Um, <laughs> weird, fascinating, whole other podcast subject right it there. Is. Okay. Sorry. Right. I got distracted. So, I am still very distracted by this guy. I'm going uh, back to my notes. It's, it's an easy episode to be distracted by. Okay. So okay. we're over 45 minutes into the episode. We have just let's finished talking about the cold open. Uh, babouche. Let's go. Uh, opening credits. Okay. We come back from that. We are back home where Jill is studying and the boys are making fun of her for needing glasses because she's holding the book very far away from her face. Uh, yep. Tim comes home and the boys scatter. Uh, he says that Jeff is in town. Jeff is brother. Um, Jeff! And that he's been working on his <laughs> bald jokes. Uh, says that uh, his mom is inviting them all over for dinner and uh, he starts talking to Jill about $1,200 he lent Jeff and he and Jill... Uh, make a friendly wager whether or not he'll actually get that back from him okay go truman okay so uh tim bets jill that he'll get the money back or uh, like that okay so it i phrased this part <laughs> you you stumbled on the starting block there <laughs> I, I i i did i did i listen i'm i'm like a horse who who falls right out of the gate you got to shoot me because my leg's broken i uh, <laughs> Jill is insistent that Tim is never going to get that money back, that as soon as you lend money to family, you should just treat it as a gift. Tim insists that he will get it back, and he makes it a wager and says, uh, if I don't get the money back, I'll give up a day with the hot rod to spend with you. And Jill says, yeah, and how romantic that's going to be under the circumstances. Um, Which is a funny line from Jill. Um, (laughs) And, uh, yeah, otherwise, yeah, you know, Jill needs glasses. Uh... And Jeff's in town, and Tim and Marty are going over to Jeff's. That's <laughs> you're just s- summarizing my summary. I there's yeah, not a lot. There's 
really no. not a lot that happens in this scene. Not no. a lot to comment on, except no. I did uh, really appreciate that Jill's reading a book called Assessment of Children. <laughs> <laughs> and she's assessing this book from a great distance, having to hold it so far away. And But her kids are also kind of assessing her uh, as she's trying to read the book of assessment uh, children. That's a, just a really clever layer that um, I don't know that they intended, but it's more clever than most anything else in this episode. It's MC Escher levels of them, them looking at her, her looking at them, them looking at her, looking at them. Uh, Yeah, it is funny. She's holding the book so far away from her at one point that, uh, that Randy says, mom, do you want me to stand on the other side of the room holding that book for you? And (laughs) also this, this bit of a person who's getting older, having poor eyesight and having to hold a thing far away from them to see it. I, I'm only really aware of that from 90s sitcoms, namely because there is an episode of Frasier where Frasier is trying to read a label on a bottle of pills and he's holding the bottle very far from (laughs) him and squinting at it. And his dad says, I'm going to need a longer arm there, son. So I guess that was just happening a lot in the 90s. People uh, having to hold things (laughs) far away. I think it's still happening. Well, why aren't sitcoms making jokes about it, Landon? I don't think Big Bang Theory ever did a joke about that. Have you watched all 11 seasons of the Big Bang every, Theory? Every single episode of Big Bang Theory. I, I, from, I You know, my other podcast, Bazinga Work, is quite popular. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not only a thing that, I mean, you're right. They did do it a lot in sitcoms at the time, but I also think it's a real thing that happens as I do it myself more and more these days. Oh, man. Well, maybe that happens to other people in you, but it's never going to happen to me. So I don't think it's relevant. Yeah, I'm going to be I'm going to be the age that I currently am forever. This is no fair. Yeah. (laughs) If I said that at your age, I would still be doing the podcast. So I would have to eat my own words. You're saying that now and we'll be done with the podcast by the time we have to prove it. (laughs) Leprechaun. What What is happening right now? You know, you know, you have never tell and i guess mine is just <laughs> leprechaun laughing at you that's our that's our new totally fucked catchphrases that we're stumbling into at this late stage in the game um so new scene uh new scene. scene uh we new get, scene. what do we get we get a um yes. money tra- uh, money transition um takes us to mom's house tim's mom's house money uh yeah at tim's mom's place uh she uh hears him buzzing because it's an apartment or a retirement condo or something and lets him in and uh uh tim comes in with uh, marty and is talking to uh, <laughs> jeff making a lot of bald jokes uh, and yep. about how uh they talk about how jeff's drive through pet store recently failed and how he's got to move back in with mom because uh his business has failed and he's having a hard time with money but he promises that he's going to get tim his $1200 back so i i have two notes for this scene one yes. uh in the previous scene when Tim comes in and tells Jill that he's been working on his bald jokes because Jeff is in town, he goes, she goes, what do you got? And he goes, well, I got this. Um, I love what you've done with your hair. And that's all I've got. And then we start this scene and he meets Jeff and he goes, I love with the, what you've done with your hair. Um, and he pauses. And he follows it up with another joke. What did he say? I love what you've done with your hair. Beat. Where do you keep it? <laughs> exactly and i love that there's like this little like comedy process that tim taylor is going through like he thought of that like oh i got the perfect uh you know punchline for that that setup 
Um, he thought of it like on the car or in the car while he was on his way there. <laughs> and and what I love then is that Jeff immediately fired. So the, the Jeff responds. So the, 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 uh, the pattern of the joke is, I love what you've done with your hair. Where do you keep it? Jeff goes on your back, which is, and, and t- even Tim seems to enjoy, like they have a nice little kind of like, yeah. they, they, you know, do fake, fake punching with each other, which I guess and that's is kind of what, what I was alluding to about. Do. Like it's, it feels like the, one of the most real relationships that tim has on the show yeah with his brothers it just or maybe it's just another side of him that we don't see with anybody else it's uh he's almost expecting to take it like there's Mm -hmm. almost in his mind nothing uh there's no higher relationship you can have than with your brother and i don't know it just kind of i can feel the the way it formed him as a person and as a character yeah yeah, forged in the the fire of uh, masculine bonding, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And isn't that kind of what the the thesis of the show is? Yeah, uh, true, true. Um, I, I guess also we need to bring up. So Jeff had this idea for a drive-through pet oh, store. You're gonna do it, and it failed. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this is a this is an audio format. <laughs> they're just. It, the concept of a drive-through pet store, not terribly funny, and the no. episode tries to milk so much humor out of it, oh. and it's just not that funny. And this is also, I don't know, I don't even like get it exactly. Like, it, I mean, I, it doesn't seem that crazy, especially given that like within eighteen months of this, there was Pets.com, a famous boondoggle of the dot-com era, where yeah. uh, they would deliver pet supplies to your house. I. I don't know, Landon. <laughs> no, this is okay. Okay, I'll I'll take it up from here because this is my the hill I'm going to die on for this episode. Is okay. that this is the example of why this episode's so lazy? Is that there is no reasonable explanation in the universe of the show that this joke should recur? Yeah, and the joke is I started a failed business about a drive-through pet store. And every single character in this episode gets a dig in on what the name of that store is, and they always get it wrong, and it's always some clever quip that isn't that clever clever, and barely wordplay just like the beginning with Mr. Al. Yes. And to the point where Wilson says something later, and at the end of the episode, Jeff is so down on himself, and he's like, I don't want to have another fill-in-the-blank. I don't have the exact line, but he basically makes the joke himself of calling his own store something it wasn't called. And I'm like, none of this makes logically any sense. And you're just writing it as a, you know, I I don't even want to say clever writer, but like just lazy writing. And it, there's another um, instance that comes up in a little bit that, with the the finger that I want to point out as as another example of why this episode's so lazy, it feels like. Yeah, I the, some of the uh, so the options that I wrote down a couple of them. The things that people call okay. it tend to be plays on popular drive-through restaurants. Jill calls the drive-through pet store "Cat in the Box," and then later Wilson refers to it as "Long John Schnauzers." Yeah, but Jill also mentions, "Oh, it's called." Uh, what K Mart or, or I'm sorry, K Bark or something like that. Yeah, yeah, or like pup, yeah, Pup Mart or something. I I don't know. Like, 
there is none of them are good. It's a running gag that that should uh, just have been sitting on the sidelines stretching. It did not. <laughs> this this running gag should have taken the bus. That's that's my that's my impression here. <laughs> uh, and the actual name of it was Auto Pet, which. <laughs> Also, it's just like, it's a mess. We're just dealing with a messy fucking episode here. <sighs> God. Uh, while we're at it for this scene, I don't need to talk much about it. Tim does another lispy impression, like saying, oh, Avon yeah. calling, I've got a peach blush that you'll die for, but he's doing the... I, I'll, he he does it like two or three times in this episode, and it's just yes. it's just a little, a little edgier than I need it to be. <laughs> um, do you have anything else for that scene? No. These scenes are pretty short, as we'll see in a second here. Yes. Uh, when they're making a joke about something, um, I did like the transition where uh, Marty is like he, he, a little sailor suit, like a little boy sailor suit <laughs> slides up on him in a big lollipop and a hat. Uh, <laughs> I, I takes us to the next scene. I, you know what, Landon? I, I am missing so many transitions at this point that you could honestly be be straight goofing on me, and I would not know. <laughs> Don't give me that opportunity, because you know I'm going to do that now. I, I, well, I kind of assumed you already were, so I'm just calling it out so that the audience isn't <laughs> laughing at me. No, these are these are real, real transitions. Um, we we go home where mm-hmm. Jill is testing her eyesight with some nutrient facts and recipes. Uh, the boys make fun of her um, about getting glasses, saying that the librarian at their school looks really cool with them. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Tim comes home, basically recaps the previous scene, which we didn't need. The great, boys leave. Great, you'll love that. You, I, nothing I love more than a character telling other characters about the scene that we just watched. Oh, it's such good right. Oh, it's so good. Mm. <laughs> the telephone rings. It's Jeff. Uh, he asks to di- borrow Tim's foam finger for the Red Wings game, which he now has front row seats to. And Tim's like, what? You are broke. How do you afford to go to the Red Wings game, especially front row? Okay. 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 I don't actually have any notes for this scene. My my finger joke is in the next one. All right. Or finger comment is in the next one. Oh, okay. Well, can I do a finger comment now? Is that all right? Yeah. Comment your fingers off. All right, I don't mind if I do. That's what I do, uh, typing mean things in the comment section of Washington Post opinion articles all day long. Um, <laughs> so, I haven't been to a lot of sporting events, but in my experience, yeah. foam fingers tend to be available there for, admittedly, yes. somewhat inflated price. <laughs> okay, but so not, you, you, this is my note, yes. They're not so prohibitively expensive, you need to borrow someone else's, it's not like a set of opera glasses or something. You're exactly right. Uh, this feels like the most contrived way to like, because the finger becomes this catalyst to get Tim to and from places. Yeah, uh, you know where Jeff is, and they even make some really lame fucking jokes with it in this episode. <laughs> but the 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 basic conceit of it is like, go spend ten dollars on a foam finger. <laughs> At your sporting event. Yeah. You don't know. You don't need. You're going to spend more. Well, maybe not in 1998 gas, but you're going to be spending more of your time uh, getting the finger from Tim than you are just buying one when you're there. Well, yeah. And and also, the if the front row seats for the Red Wings are so expensive, I'm sure that that dwarfs the cost of the foam finger. And also, <laughs> who, like, I don't think. 
Like, who is going to a sporting event? And again, I, I don't go to sporting events, so maybe I don't know this. But who is ever thinking well in advance, gotta have my foam finger. Gotta have my foam finger. If I don't have the foam finger, none of it's real. <laughs> right. Like, I think that the people with foam fingers at sporting events are people who were walking in, saw a person selling foam fingers, and thought, huh, and buy one. Like, that's not... Like, <laughs> exactly. Really, exactly. This, this to me, this smacks of... Oh, God. And I don't want to take it to Eric said It's a whole writer's room, right? Yes. I, but it, it smacks of someone who isn't very into sports going, oh, s- foam fingers are funny and we need a sports thing and this could be a good way to, hey, can I borrow your foam finger? Look, that has some alliteration in it. Good. It's good enough for the episode. I Now, look, I will say I like the foam finger. I, I like some of the jokes that they do involving, you know, giving Tim the finger, things like that. I think those jokes are stronger than most of the other jokes in the episode. I also like from a physical comedy prop comedy standpoint, having two people have a somewhat serious conversation and one of them is gesturing with a gigantic foam finger. That's funny. Nothing will make that not funny. In theory, I like it. But, and we'll get to that scene in a minute. Yeah, I'll put a pin in that till we get to that scene. Uh, Okay. Let's just keep keep going along. Um, So we get a Red Wings transition to a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, wait, no, wait, no. no, I'm sorry, just one other thing, yeah, uh, 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 okay, this is before Tim goes over to, uh, to hand off the, the, the finger, I guess, or, like, I don't know, in, in this scene, um, Mark is commenting on Jerry's situation, not Jerry. who the fuck is Jerry? He's, he's this really, he's this really cool dude who lives in New York City and does stand-up comedy, and he's got a wacky neighbor across the hall, and the actor who plays him was dating a 17-year-old at the time, okay, Jeff. Killer Jerry. Killer. <laughs> uh, Je- Je- uh, so Mark is commenting on Jeff's situation and says, Jeff, a, for- okay. a 45-year-old man living with his mother, sad. And then Randy sitting next to him goes, you may want to wait 30 years before making that call. <laughs> Solid burn. Hugely yeah. perfect burn. Love it, JTT. <laughs> we're enjoying the last... Maybe part of why we're so oh. salty about this episode is that this is one of our last JTT episodes and they waste him on this. I guess so. <sighs> yeah, that could be something in the background here. Um, okay, so okay. we get some Red Wings paraphernalia taking us to a little bit later. Jill is trying on some uh, uh, frames and seeing how the the family likes them. Uh, Jeff comes Ooh. in and... Um, Jeff! He comes in with his date who stood him up to the Red Wing game, so instead it's... Marty! Marty! <laughs> and um, Tim hands off the Red Wings finger, but asks to speak to Jeff alone, and he confronts him about the money. How do you get this? Uh, you know, how are you being able to afford a Red Wings game? You're just starting a new business. Uh, sorry. Jeff says he's just starting a new business, uh, and he's celebrating. Um, he's like, well, who's going to back you uh, after you had a failed business? And he goes, I got a private one, a private backer, and that backer is by the name of Mom. What? Uh, and he and he says this right as he's going out the door, so Tim hasn't got a chance to respond, which uh, is yeah, yeah, funny. Um, also, he and yeah, and did you mention that he pays Tim back too? He gives him an envelope full of the twelve hundred bucks. Oh no, I didn't mention that. No, that's yeah, uh, probably important too. Yeah. So also, uh, okay. So Tim needing wanting the twelve hundred bucks back. I was thinking that would be a through line of the episode. Nope. We just we just. Close that one up. Tie it off. Okay, there you go. Tim got his money back. Okay. Um, 
which I thought was going to come back. Spoiler alert. Once Tim learns his lesson that he shouldn't have interjected between Jeff and his mom, that it's not his business. I really thought Tim was going to say, you know what? Take this $1,200. Uh, I don't really need it. And it'll go a long way in your new business. Yep. No, nope. that would have been cool. Would have been, would have been a really good bit. Just pockets that $1,200 to go. Thank you. Yep. Debt yep. paid. We just get that money's gonna go straight into the hot rod. Um, <laughs> so, so they they come by for the foam finger, and yeah. uh, it's Jeff and Marty, and because Jeff's date has stood him up, and uh, Tim says to Jeff, uh, "Yeah, no, actually, I got his name right." Tim says, "You did." I'd like to talk to Jeff alone. He hands Marty the foam finger and says, "Marty, go stick my finger in your back seat." <laughs> That is that is funny, and you cannot deny that it's funny. I, I agree can, that the foam finger is not good enough. I re- okay, I refuse but, to. I refuse to say it's not funny. What's good, not funny though? Yeah, is that they call attention to it being dirty. Yes, that's terrible. The fact that then it's like, ah, I'm not gonna think about the the uh, other connotations of that. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> the exact line that he. I, no, I mean basically, yeah. It's it's like just underlining it, like, hey guys, did you notice we made a joke there? Because we uh we made a joke. <laughs> yeah, it just I don't know. It was just bad writing. That I mean, it's just like the script needed another pass. Uh, yeah, like I don't think it bounced around to everyone in the writers' room. Uh, someone else needed to go. Okay, you don't need that line. You don't need that line. You don't need that line. And the- uh, this would be funnier if we did this. I don't know. It just the, didn't feel like you got a pass. The the foam finger in my back seat line is a Golden Girls joke if it doesn't get followed up by the, oh, that sounds kind of dirty bit. Like, that is... Yeah, right. Like, you know, Dor- Dorothy saying, you know, Blanche, go stick my finger in your back seat. And Blanche just kind of looks at the camera and then walks out. Like, that's how you sell a joke like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, but that's not what we get. We get uh, Mom's pocketbook transition taking us to a little bit later. Um, yes. Jill tells, all right, Tim tells Jill about the cash. So yep. more again, explaining <laughs> things that we've seen happen. We literally just saw it. <laughs> so we get, you let's can not spend any time on it. Let's just get magic a ladies. Editing, yeah. we can just cut to them later and assume it's happened. I'm sorry. Go on. No, you're 100% right. So I'm saying it's an editing problem in this episode. Um, okay, we get a ladies' right. night ladies night sign taking us to mom's house where his mom and the gals are playing poker. What gals? Well, I don't know. We don't really ever get an introduction to them. Just this, this, this gaggle of random women who have teleported into the apartment. Also, all of this episode seems to take place over the course of like a few hours involving multiple trips to and from Tim's mom's yes. place. And like, yes. and or like this notion that after the hockey game, uh, uh, Jeff has then gone out to look at locations for office supply stores. Like, you know how, how energized you feel after going to a three hour long event that you just want to go do other stuff instead of going <laughs> home. It's there. And, there's even like a problem with the the blocking. I don't know. Like, there's the some scenes are like constructed around an, a character entering and a character leaving, and then they're in a new place and you see them entering, and that's how you start the scene. And by the end of this, it's just like Tim is standing in his living room. Tim is standing in his mom's living room. Yeah, and they just start a scene like he just got there. 
not that you know you should be cutting out those you know traveling parts of your script but it's he's just like teleporting at this point it's weird and, and that no one and that there's no mention made of like tim you've come over like three times in one day what's right. going on like i i don't know i um well i in this scene it does start with um with Tim ringing the doorbell and making basically the same joke that he did at the beginning of this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, pretending to be someone else over the intercom and his mom, you know, giggles and lets him in. And uh, I do like though, that her poker yeah. friends like can't get her sons correct. <laughs> and when uh, one of them starts asking about, uh, Oh, Tim, isn't he uh, the one that's starting that new business? <laughs> his mom's like, no, he's the one that has the TV show about tools. And she goes, oh, that's right. I just wish he's not that one that uh, breaks everything all the time. <laughs> and then Tim walks in holding the intercom. <laughs> that hey, got me. That one was pretty funny. No, that was that was a funny bit. He's like, oh, mom, this broke when I used it. It wasn't my fault, I swear, like something like that. It's <laughs> That might be the joke of the episode. Like the way it's set up. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's good. It's very good. Yeah. Um, but then it's so strange. This is so weird. He walks in yeah. holding the thing, and the ladies who are playing poker, like, say hi to him. And one of them asks, do you want to play poker? And Tim says, oh, I couldn't take your money, ladies. And then we are ambushed by a transition. A transition, <laughs> like, comes out of the woods, like, with camouflage face paint on and, like, stabs us. <laughs> It's like the beginning of Jason Goes to Hell, where they lure Jason out into the woods and then bomb, ambush him with a FBI attack. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, Tim does claim to be the FBI when he's first talking on the intercom before he breaks it. That's true. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, you know, and to your point about stuff having been cut out of this episode, this is probably where it happens. The fact that they insert this ridiculous mid-scene transition to then get us to later after the poker game tim having lost all his money yes well and that the fact that there was no introduction to these ladies and okay so i want to go into this because go um these three women are like titans of character actor and i'm going to start with kathleen freeman who only next to james hong uh has the most credits that we've ever seen on this show before yeah three hundred acting credits hot damn it is insane she is a character actress uh that goes back a long way but people from my generation i think remember remember her most as uh sister mary stigmata from the blues brothers mm, okay okay she's at the at the orphanage at the beginning yep yeah okay uh, that she makes does sense reprise that and blues brothers 2000 but we don't talk about that oh. uh she... we don't talk about blue no yeah, uh, I remember her as the the mean mom uh, of the gang in Naked Gun thirty three and a third. Mm. <laughs> uh, she was doing comedy right up until the end. She passed in two thousand one, uh, and she had credits going all the way till then, including Shrek <laughs> and uh, Joe Dirt. <laughs> oh man, two two classic titans of the early two thousands. Who was she in Shrek? <laughs> uh old woman oh well typecast i see um <laughs> nutty professor 2 the clumps ready to rumble honey i shrunk the kids the tv show becker uh i'm going backwards in time here clueless the tv backwards. series 
<laughs> uh, Duckman. Oh, Private Duckman. Dick. Yeah. All right. Um, let me go back to her, the beginning of her career, and I wish I'd pulled some trivia on her because she just has a very storied life. Uh, she goes back to 1948 <laughs> to an episode of The Naked City. Wow. Uh, Jesus. Dragnet. Wait, uh, that that was a TV show in 1948. Yeah, yeah. Damn, that's so a show a show that the 700 people in America with TV sets were able to watch. <laughs> yes, she did a lot of early TV um, to the point where I could list some of these names and you wouldn't have heard of them. I'm wondering though. Uh, I'm just looking very closely to see if she was on an episode of Mr. Ed <laughs> and wait, a very special one. Wait, wait, there was a very special episode of Mr. Ed? Is uh-huh. That the, is that the one where Mr. Ed dies or something? Wait, is that no. the one where they think Mr. Ed might have cancer, but it turns out it's just a thing he has to take a horse <laughs> pill for every day? 1962, the episode, uh, she played Miss Wilson. Oh, I'm sorry, I, I mixed it up. She plays Katie in uh, the 1962 episode called Clint Eastwood Meets Mr. Ed. What? <laughs> I'm sorry, I also didn't realize Mr. Ed was on... Into the 60s. I thought that by the 60s, they had, like, you know, better stuff to be doing than watching Mr. Ed. They had Cuban Missile Crises to be worried about. Oh. I think that's what transformed TV. Um, so, yeah, she's she's just on every TV show ever. Uh, from uh, Rawhide to um, The Lucy Show, one of Lucy's iterations. Uh, I was looking to see if she had um, an Academy Award nomination, I think, I don't think she does, but um, man, she's got quite a career and quite a life. Um, okay, well then, obviously, okay. Well, first, respect—just mad respect for Seriously. her huge career and the fact that she was acting all the way, th- like right up until the election. Like, basically, the Queen Elizabeth of yeah. uh, of of acting. I think just from from when Harry Truman was president right up until uh, right up until the end. I am I'm willing to sign the petition to call Kathleen Freeman the queen of character actors. I'm I'm down. Put my name on there too. How many signatures do we need to get? Is it is the threshold for signatures higher in California? Oh, okay. Well, perfect. We're great. Um, yeah. So we just refer to her that as that. Okay. For the rest okay, of the episode, so the the queen of character actresses was definitely on at least one episode of ER. She was in 1996 playing Rhonda's patient in an episode called No Brain No Gain. She's got, damn it, that's a really good, t- I have no idea what that episode's about, but that title is so, so choice. Was she on Cheers, just out of curiosity? Uh, let's take a look. She has so many that I have to use the find uh, feature. Look, look, I use the find feature to read almost anything on the internet right now. Like, that's why I have a hard time reading books, because it's like, I want to find one thing, but I can't hit control F in real life. I am not seeing either Cheers or Frasier. Oh, okay. Okay. You know what? Hey, you got to leave some stuff off the resume. She probably could have if so. she wanted to. Huh. Wow. Hmm. Okay. So, but we've got other character actresses in this scene, don't we? Oh, that's right. Yes, we do. Uh, and they are nothing to shake a stick at either. We've got um, Don't you Montrose. Don't you dare try shaking a stick at either of these women. We've told you <laughs> not to. And we know you were thinking about it, but don't. <laughs> Let me coin some catchphrases. Uh <laughs> Montrose Haggins, who is lost in the sauce here, Landon. Montrose Higgins or Haggins is the one that is doing most of the talking in this scene. Uh, she's the one that confuses Tim uh, with his brother. She has 64 credits. She was in The Relic, 
playing a, uh, the chanting woman. Mm. She was in Say Anything um, playing Bess. She was in Critters 1 and 2 playing the organist. Wow. She was in Coming to America uh, as Grandma Jenkins. Man, she also has a career that goes back uh, to, well, 1986. Um, well, Hill Street okay. Blues, Cagney and Lacey, Ooh. Golden Girls. I don't know if she was playing a gay man in that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Quantum Leap, uh, all kinds of stuff. The question is, was she on ER? Um, quick aside for people who don't remember me mentioning this before. I, uh, when watching Golden Girls, I always just assume every man on screen is gay because that's just sort of... That at least 40% of the episodes, whatever man they're interested in, turns out to be gay. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that she was not on ER. Mm, you'd be wrong. She was oh. in an episode called Great Expectations in 1999 playing Mrs. Olsen. Uh, I know. That, Lastly. If, that, if yeah. that episode was about someone who was coughing up a lot of mucus, they could have called it Great Expectorations, and that would have been a funny ER title. I think we've landed on a new game where I try to title ER episodes. Go on, Landon. What's oh, no. the third one? <laughs> the end of this show can't come fast enough. Um, uh, our listeners agree with us there. <laughs> Kate Williamson uh, is a prolific actress as well, with 39 credits going back to the 70s in Police Story. Uh, Little House on the Prairie, Hill Street Blues, New Heart. Mm. Uh, she was on Cheers um, in 1984, Hello. so season two called A Fish in Time. Mm. Okay. Uh, Diane warned Sam not to go out with a friend she met at the mental hospital, the one with <laughs> Carol Kane in it. All right, all right. Uh, Murder, she wrote, uh, was she on ER is the question of the moment. I'm going to say Yes. She was not. Not. Sorry. You stupid. God damn it. Uh, that's <laughs> Do you feel fine. Like I cheated you. I, I. I. Well, no. As soon as you dragged out was, I knew that you were gonna. You were gonna play with my heart like that. So that's fine, Landon. <laughs> I, I. I know what to expect from you. Oh boy. Okay. So. So these are are very capable character actors given literally nothing to do, and Kate Williamson, it, her back is to the camera the entire time. <laughs> I mean, pretty good gig, though, if you're working for, if you're in SAG, I mean, she probably made good money for just, like, sitting yeah. in a chair not doing anything. <laughs> True. I mean, I, I wish I could get paid that to sit around and not do anything. Okay, uh, there's one other thing I want to point out here, and I, yeah. I, I'm hesitant to point a big foam finger at anybody, but <laughs> when, the, when the ladies end the scene... Yeah, this, this is just indicative of, I don't know, I don't know if it's maybe the direction that's lazy, or it's just everyone is like, we gotta cut out early for spring break, or maybe they're coming back with like, I don't know, suntan poisoning or something, <laughs> but when the ladies get up to leave, they just like, they cross in front of the camera, <laughs> like I thought, are we wiping out of this screen, like what's happening, nope. uh, there's just no rhyme or reason to any of them, they're like, marks, what are marks? <laughs> What do you mean? There's special special tape on the floor so I don't get in the way of the camera. They just like walk in front of the lens. It, it would have been it would have been hilarious if they were wiping out of the scene, given that we have just transitioned into the scene with the poker game ending. <laughs> yes. So it's like we get this ambush. Tim Tim is the Joker transition into him sitting there, and then they say like one line, and then a woman crosses the camera, and then we transition out again. I mean, that would be fun at least. I guess so. Kinetic. Um, 
Okay, so what happens here? Uh, Jeff comes home after the ladies leave, and uh, Tim confronts him about going to the Red Wings game, about the money taking from his mom. And Jeff is like, what's up, bro? Literally, you're my brother. Uh, I'm going to my bedroom. And then leaves without any real resolution. Yep, yep. Uh, It's, again, this is one of those things where if Tim wasn't a huge dick to everyone... There would be some kind of tension to this scene, but the simple fact is the only thing that was stopping Tim from having this conversation was that he and his brother were not physically in the same place. <laughs> Even so, though Tim's trying by teleporting places. But. Yeah, yes, yeah, Tim is Tim is chasing him through the multiverse of madness, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so so then it's, so like the only, the only like climactic thing about this scene is just that, like oh they're finally together so tim can be a dick to him about the fact that he's taking a loan from his mom and that's uh, yeah yeah well and so this is also the the moment with the uh foam finger in the middle of their confrontation and yeah to your point earlier i this is like where this foam finger is like the catalyst for me for why mm-hmm. this episode doesn't work because you're right that should be a moment of levity and it yes. just doesn't work for me because like it's not a tense moment it should be but it's not and it's not like the story isn't given enough there uh for that to like break any tension in a funny way it's just jeff starts doing you know pointing at tim but he has the finger on his hand and so it's just a big finger pointing at tim and then he realizes he has it on his hand and he takes it off and sets it on the table angrily like he didn't realize he had it on his hand but it's a big red foam finger that you can't not know that you don't have on your hand it's an impossible action for an actor to play, and therefore it just does not play funny in the scene. I think that we would have bought it if everything else around it was working better. I, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. It's like the 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 foam finger, the foam finger deserved better than this. You know, I'm honestly, <laughs> what's what's that foam fingers character actor history? Was that on ER? It needs a better agent, that's for sure. Yeah, true, true. Um, I, I don't even know what to say. I, it's just, uh, it's just, it's just a scene. It's just a scene followed by another scene. Um, and that scene is a scene slide transition to Wilson's garage. You want to take us through this one? I do. Tim has teleported back home to, uh, visit Wilson (laughs) where he's working on the Studebaker. He tells Wilson about what's going on with Jeff and, uh, Wilson, tells Tim that his concerns are totally reasonable and then tells Tim that he should talk to his mom and tell her the truth, which doesn't seem to have been an issue for Tim. He never seems to have any real issue being completely blunt uh, with people. Um, And then Tim does some Foghorn Lenicorn impressions. So here's what I've got, is that wasn't this issue... Basically, what Jill's problem was with her mom, and Jill gave her the same advice of, well, it might hurt to tell the truth, but, you know, it's going to get you to where you need to be faster, and she'll appreciate it more. Mm-hmm. Isn't that essentially the advice he's giving? But, yeah, the the story before that advice falls so flat that the advice itself seems superfluous like it's just it it's completely trite because there's no weight to it doesn't actually feel like a problem tim to my ears at least felt more complainy in this and it felt like like a season four wilson scene where tim comes in and asks wilson what are you doing and he's like i'm draining my radiator 
And he makes a contrived, you know, transition from that into, oh, well, I feel like my brother's draining my mom. And, like, it just reminded, it just put me in mind of, like, an earlier to, uh, Tim Taylor that, I don't know, I felt like we had evolved uh, beyond this, but here we I, are. I feel like I'm talking to, to home improvement after school. <laughs> what, you're, you're like, you're, you're, not, you're, you're not putting in the effort to class here. <laughs> I, I'm You're not need I'm, you to do a little bit better. I'm not mad at you, home improvement. I'm just disappointed. Uh, yes, that's, you need. You <laughs> know what? I even have my arms crossed right now when I'm looking at the screen. I okay. This is not a flipping your chair around, flipping your hat around conversation. Mm-mm. You're trying to rap with home improvement and meet it on its level. This is you. This is you just shaking your head at home improvement and closing the door to its bedroom. Um, I'm I'm shaking one really big foam finger uh, at it. <laughs> And then noticing, noticing yourself doing it and taking the foam finger off. (laughs) I, yes, it is. This is the same version of the advice that Wilson gives to Jill, where you need to be open with your mom for the sake of the relationship. It's just, it worked so much better there because Jill is a character who tends to not speak her mind because she is worried about what other people think of her, which has never been an issue for Tim. Yeah. So just just to point out another thing that I felt was kind of everything about this this scene was like, oh yeah, I remember how to write a Wilson scene. So there's the bad advice or the advice that Tim fucks up. There's the Wilson has a weird thing because he's Wilson and has weird things. Bit there's you know, and so all of the things that were here, none of them were jokes or made much sense. So when Tim is like, or Wilson's on the ground trying to connect his hose or something. And Tim's like, oh, well, this is an old Studebaker. It's on the left side. And he gets down on his hands and knees and says, do you have a lantern? And Wilson hands him, like, this old-timey lantern. And Tim goes, would you get this off the Titanic? And Wilson just goes, yeah. And it's it falls so flat. <laughs> also, also, not to be a sunken ship in the early 1900s snob or anything but early in the episode jeff complains that it's hard to get a job right now with the economy and tim says the economy hasn't been this good since they sunk the lusitania and so it's like okay you already made a joke about a ship that sank around the same time as the titanic what did you get this off the titanic no the lusitania like then it would have at least been a callback yes thank you we got to get you in a writer's room I thank you. That's what I have been saying to my manager and as well as many other people who don't seem to agree with me. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I've brought us into a critical place and it's really just thrown the energy of the show. I really, no, 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 no. It's you didn't bring us into a critical place. Even before I talked to you, I was thinking like, boy, I, I hope, I hope Landon liked this episode. Cause I sure didn't. I mean, it's not. And again, it's like, I, you know, I think part of it also is that this season started so strong. They were making yeah. the best home improvement that has ever been made I, at the beginning of this season. And I will. I, I'm. I'm not. I would. This is just a blip on the season seven radar, and season seven has been fantastic. It's been. From, it's been. It's been probably the best season still. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, and so this is. And it's not even like a problematic or even annoying no, episode. It's just it's not lazy and. Bad. Like, you know, I, I had a fucking busy day and had to sit down and felt like Home Improvement didn't, you know, uh, didn't deliver on the escapism promise that sitcoms usually, you know, have built into their, um, you know, I, Yes, essence. yes, exactly. Agreed. Um, yeah. Right, let's finish this episode. We only got one more big scene here. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
he goes home after talking to Wilson. Um, by home, I mean his mom's home. Yes. Um, just ping-ponging starts, back and forth. <laughs> so Just so weird. He uh, he tells his mom that he thinks Jeff is taking advantage of her. Uh, mom says that she believes in Jeff and um, that uh, she actually had to talk him into taking her money. Uh, he was embarrassed and said that he really wishes he had Tim's approval because that means a lot to him. Jeff comes home. They talk. Tim talks to him, and it's basically like it's all okay. Everything's fine. Nothing fucking happened in this episode. I I believe you, and I want you to succeed. Oh, yay, cool. (sighs) But not enough to give you the $1,200 that you didn't need to take from mom to pay me back. Exactly. (laughs) Like That's that's even separate from the loan her mom gave him to start the business. Like, that's just... Tim taking from his mom at that point. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. Like it's 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 robbing Peter to pay Paul. I I just it's it, it's robbing Lucille to pay Tim. Yeah, I, true, true. Yeah, I, if I had, if I had been quick enough on remembering people's names, I would have made that joke. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean she and also that his new business, like that Jeff's new business is a office supply store, and oh, those places, and she believes in in his business so much that. She had to talk him into taking her money. What? Yeah. What is so innovative about an office supply it's, store? It's mailbox supply specific. Mailbox supply store. Okay. I'm thinking what? it's like what you find in a UPS store. Yeah, like I, a I, couple of different size boxes that packing stuff, and uh, you know, <laughs> maybe maybe uh, I don't know some bookmarks. I don't know what they sell there. I, Do they I sell can... postcards at the UPS store. I, I don't know. I feel like I hate to say this to you. I feel like I have seen calendars in a, in a UPS store before. Ooh. I know. I know. Now, now this episode's interesting. Um, yeah, now I've perked up. Uh, when when Jeff comes home, like as he comes home halfway through Tim talking to his mom, uh, he comes in carrying this big wheel of bubble wrap that he got yeah. when he was when he was out there, and when uh, when their mom leaves to give them some space to talk she says oh i'll leave you alone i'm just going to go pop some bubbles and she pulls a sheet of bubble wrap off the wheel and walks down the hall popping it and she just goes this is so much fun <laughs> which i i i love her energy on that like that that bit <laughs> well, in only itself, because it's there's nothing else to react to in this episode th- there's nothing else to react to and that's so out of character for their mom to just <laughs> yes I, there's a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode where Larry, just in that episode, is inexplicably obsessed with popping bubble wrap. And I, I feel like the people loving popping bubble wrap joke only works when there is no setup for it whatsoever. And it's just a thing they're obsessed with. Uh, I like it. So we go to our stinger. Um, Jill has finally bought uh, her fancy new expensive pair of designer glasses. The boys uh, compliment her on them. Um then uh, Lucille ding-dongs, she's at the door, walks in, uh, and Jill's like, hey, Lucille, can you help me read this uh, recipe in this book? Um, what exactly is a um, coddling an egg? And there's a really bad coddled egg joke, but Don't even she, starts to read from the, <laughs> she starts to read from the book, uh, from the cookbook, and puts her, sun, or puts her reading glasses on, and then Lucille comes over to help her read and puts on the same pair of glasses. What? Whoa! And um, but is that mm-hmm. is that the joke that we go out on? Just that it's the same nope. pair of glasses? Nope. Nope. Uh, Jill says you have the same pair of G- Gianni Frenza. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Glasses. <laughs> I did not write the designer down. Uh, uh, no, I, I, Landon. Landon can, can Landon can make some sloppy allusions to Italian names. It's it's not it's not problematic when he does it. Gianni Franzia. Um, Ooh, sounds delicious. She goes. Oh, I don't. I don't know. I I think so. They were giving them away for free at the car wash. Yep. Because Jill has previously alluded to how expensive these were. They are yep. designer. Maybe maybe Lucille's just going to a really swanky uh, car wash in her old age. She's like, I got money to spare. I'm giving it to my brother, my my son who has all these failed businesses. What do I care? I'm going to go to the <laughs> they they wash my car in gold flakes. Yeah. Hey, you know what, guys? I know I've been here twice today already. I want the hot wax again. It's my money. I'll tell you when I've had enough hot wax. <laughs> yeah. Um. That's yeah. the episode. That's Wind the Dancer Productions, Touchstone <laughs> Television, distri- distributed by Buena Vista International Inc. Uh, DVD menu. <laughs> what do we learn from this episode? We didn't learn anything. Correct answer. That's ding, 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 You ding, got ding. it. Hey, another month of free Patreon, everybody. Enjoy. <laughs> nope, no, you didn't say the word. You didn't say the word, uh, but geez, you at yeah. least got the moral correct. I Yeah, I got the moral. No, no, nothing was learned. We just we just all existed together in space for 22 minutes. <laughs> and 23 seconds. Oh, God. Yeah, those 23 seconds. It's like how, an, how, a, how a marathon is 26.2 miles, and those last .2 are really, really brutal. It's the last 23 seconds really get you. It says a lot that we spent 20 minutes on the cold open, which had nothing to do with the episode, and we're no. still coming in on time. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. It's really you can really blaze through the rest of the episode when uh, when there's nothing in the episode. That's, yeah, I guess uh, so. It's like a I... it's like an episode filled with packing peanuts or bubble wrap or or crinkly paper of newspaper mm, or. Uh, styrofoam, I guess, just like styrofoam, like styrofoam molding. That that could be it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Or um, crepe oh, paper. Oh, we're going into. Okay, we're going into that. Uh, <laughs> I can't. I can't. Um, yeah, I can't don't, guide you too much. I've been no. My you can't. my wrist hath been slapped. So yeah, it, it, right, rightfully so. Um, I guess it's a gelding. You know, like Mr. Ed, like a horse who's had his his business cut off. Uh, or, wow. Um, or well, let's do this. Let's go into <clears throat> the grunt count before I forget. Yes, good, good idea. Um, yeah, Landon, how many grunts do you think there were in this episode? Zero. No, oh, ding, 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 ding. You got it. You nailed it. Yay! <laughs> hey, Those grunts were on ER. Um, yeah. No, no grunting. I don't feel like you cheated me at all in that. <laughs> uh i did not um i yeah i i don't know what else to say uh i don't know what the word is i don't know what to say about this episode uh i'm do you I'm, feel cheated by this episode do i feel cheated by this episode yes i feel cheated by did this it, episode do you feel like I, I pulled one over on you I, I feel like i was swindled by this episode mm. Uh, or uh, conned in some sense. Uh, yeah, that's basically what I'm asking. Yeah, it was like a scheme was 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 pulled on me. Um, 
I don't know, Landon. I'm scared to keep guessing because based on the last few episodes, I'm probably going to get it. So why don't you just like, <laughs> why don't I throw in the towel for our sake, okay. for the sake of, of having the game be one that I lose occasionally? Uh, and uh, and what was the word? Yeah, it was going to be the next word out of your mouth. Um, the word, the secret word this week was horn swaggle. Horn swaggle. <laughs> Landon... I'm going to be honest, I might have gotten to Hornswoggle uh, pretty soon. Like, I don't know. I, I, I do occasionally lapse into old-timey prospector talk, and that would have gotten me there. <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to expect you to do the outro in your best John uh, Will. Oh, my God. John Wilkes best- Booth? Six Emperor Tyrannus, folks. <laughs> oh, man. Is it too soon? Is it too Walter soon? Walter Houston. My fucking God. What is going on? A consarnet, Landon. Tarnation, you know, you're, yeah, it's just, you gotta be in your bonnet right now. Oh, my. Um, okay, let's end this episode uh, by saying, Truman, this is episode 21. There yes. are 25 episodes in this season. That means we, go, we have four more episodes, of one JTT. more month before season seven is over. Before the random so, apocalypse. <laughs> that we is not that is see. not the apocalypse where people are too horny by the way that is a different randy apocalypse <laughs> don't define my apocalypse for me okay um, you're right you, you know what? yeah whatever whatever floats your boat folks <laughs> um we are looking to you our patrons and general listeners uh what you want us to cover for our bonus episodes between season seven and season eight we will be taking a little bit of a extended break this time so we can fit a little bit more bonus episodes in for you we got yeah. some movies uh that we were going to do on a mid-season break and we decided no let's push through and we mm-hmm. did so here we are with <laughs> movies ready to go god Landon. Sorry. i hope you edit that out <laughs> that well, really just yeah. froze me like a I, I, you I, broke my circuit board i i you, you stopped speaking and i was like did my fucking phone cut out at the last 10 minutes of the episode but no it's happened before listening listening very very carefully to hear if landon's voice was going to come back and what what do i hear instead Uh, a sound that maybe i will have edited out but but that we will talk about that was landon burping straight into the mic (laughs) so sorry It just got stuck in my throat. No, I, oh I, I listen. I get it, man. Listen, folks. There's plenty of episodes where I have been fully ripping ass in my uh, in my office as I'm recording. But I guess just either it's silent or the mic doesn't pick it up. So it's not like Landon's the only one doing <laughs> That's this. That's what we tell you. <laughs> yes, fart work is the podcast where people go back and listen to grunt work and count how many times I have let one go on mic. Uh, okay, Landon, start talking again, so I'll stop talking. <laughs> Okay, we want to know what you want for bonus episodes between our seasons. So we have, uh, for Richer or Poorer, we have Little Bigfoot 2, the Darren Noah Smith uh, <laughs> film lined up. Uh, I think I'm... we're still going to do our Soul Man episode, which oh, yeah. I think would be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. I.e., not at all, because that show sucks. Um, <laughs> the, more and, than the episode yeah. we just watched, though. Eh. I mean... Eh. Did, does the does the croid make it better or does the croid make it worse? That's the that's the that's the question we have to ask. After 1984, the croid made everything worse, in my personal opinion, uh, and and sometimes before as well. <laughs> so uh, yes, let us know. You want an audio commentary? We'll figure out a way to do it. You want uh, 
uh, all, I don't know, anything, anything you want. We, yeah. we are here for you. Tell us how you want us to make up for missing the grunt count twice this season. That's all I got for this episode, Sherman. Let's end it. Yes, let's end it. Grunt work <laughs> is made possible by our patrons. If you enjoyed this uh, today's episode, um, what episode did you listen to? <laughs> if you want to help us create this show, consider becoming an official Grunt Head sponsor over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod or leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts because it helps other people find the show. Stop by to say hi to us on Twitter or Instagram at gruntworkpod or visit our website at www.gruntworkpodcast.com slash 404 error episode content not found. <laughs> where you can sign up for our newsletter to be notified whenever a new episode is released and until next week when we bring you another episode of home improvement i've been landon solano i've been truman caps and remember in the show mr ed it is canon that mr ed lived at 17230 valley spring road which means yes mr ed technically lives in my neighborhood in la wilbur <laughs>